I'm Mitch McCracken, and this is Memphis Music Interview. Now, when I saw the recent purchase of Sun Records by Primary Way, it reminded me of a conversation I had with an early Sun session man. As it turns out, there wasn't just one Jerry Lee at Sun, there were two. I'm talking about honky-tonk piano session man Jerry Lee Smoochie Smith. Now, Smoochie has some great stories to tell about what the stage stop in Memphis was like before it was the stage stop. Back then, it was Smoochie Steakhouse and Lounge, a steakhouse fit for a king. You see where I'm going here, right? The king of rock and roll was served there. Who knew? Nobody. And Smoochie told me why. Smoochie was also a member of the Marquis with Don Nix and Doug Dunn. He has stories to tell about Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Sam Phillips, Carl Perkins, Chips Moman, and a few more. We started our conversation by talking about the Sun Sessions. Well, I played quite a few years before the Marquis. <laughs> and, uh, well, you did sessions at Sun, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and you were so young... That they didn't always give you credit for it. Well, uh, I was so young that uh, I wasn't in the union. Right. Is what the problem was. And uh, Sam, he would pay me $1 for each year of my age. And he paid me $15 whenever I recorded on a record. And uh, I told him in three months he'd have to pay me 16 because I had a birthday coming up. But anyway, reason that that I didn't get recognized for it was because of not being in the union. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Lee Lewis, of course, he was in the union, and he had told Sam Phillips after he played on Carl Perkins' song, True Love, that he wasn't going to play piano on anybody else's song but his own. So I would play, and they would run it through the union under Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh -huh. And That's... when you see Jerry Lee Lewis's name on the albums that mm -hmm. came out, it was really Jerry Lee Smith, not right. Jerry Lee Lewis. Right. Well, see, now, I had heard that, but I wasn't going to say it. I wanted you to. Now, I joined the union when I was about 18 years old. Then I started getting union scale mm -hmm. whenever I recorded. So how was it working with uh, Sam Phillips? Well, Sam, he'd always paid me under the table, but once I joined the union, uh, he just gave me union scale, mm -hmm. which was a little more than what I was getting under the table. You know? Right. Well, and $15 at that time was uh, was pretty good money, wasn't it? For a 15-year-old, I guess so. <laughs> so how, long, how many years did you work with Sun? 57, 58, and part of 59, and mm -hmm. then they moved to Phillips. Oh, okay. You know, okay. Closed Sun down and moved over there. And I recorded some over there at Phillips Recording Studio. I don't do a whole lot of live uh, playing here in Memphis. Now, I go all over the place and, mm -hmm. and perform. I just recently, last week, got back from Italy. Wow. And uh, I went on the uh, TCB cruise uh -huh. and uh, played five shows. On who, that now, who all was there? Well, Elvis's band was there, uh, uh, Ronnie Tutt on drums, and, and uh, J uh, James Burton was playing guitar. Yeah. And uh, But I, I was performing in one of the lounges on the boat, mm -hmm. and uh, they had a piano player that 
would come on and start the show, and then he'd bring me up, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd play a few songs for him. But uh, that guy was a great piano player, too, and mm-hmm. singer. And, well, now, uh, after Sun, you, you recorded at Stax, is that right? Right. Uh, I had a band, and Chips Bowman was playing guitar for me. Really? And uh, I had made the, made this rhythm pattern up at mm-hmm. my house, and, and I was kind of anxious to try it on a song, and he happened to do a song that it would fit in, and I started playing that rhythm pattern. And when he got through, he turned around and said, where'd you get that at? And I said, I made it up. <laughs> he said, you made that up? Said, yeah. He said, well, man, you ought to come over to the studio and let's put it down on tape. And I said, okay. So I went over there the next day and we put the rhythm pattern down to the song last night. Uh, he, get, he got with the marquees and showed him how to play two notes, you know, and set them two notes in there. And uh, it, it turned out pretty nice. And then when Jerry Wexler come in and uh, from uh, Atlantic. A- Atlantic Records, uh, they were going to handle the distribution for uh, any song that they wanted out of stacks. Mm-hmm. And he listened to everything they'd been recording, and he said he really didn't hear anything that really knocked him out, you know. And he was fixing to leave, and Chip said, wait, I got one more, one more I want you to hear. And he played last night. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's what I'm looking for. They put the record out, and we we were all young. We didn't know what what was going to become of that record. And all of a sudden, it got on the charts and started climbing up on the charts. Mm -hmm. and wound up selling over a million, and uh, I, I I had the first million seller record for Stax Recording. Company. Right, that was the first album recorded on Stax, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. wow, that's great. Yeah, that's a little little piece of Memphis music history. Yeah. So, um, now how long how long did you record at Stax? Uh, about a year, mm-hmm. and um, then I I went on the road, started playing, you know, with different groups on the road. Uh, I kind of liked the road life at my young age. You mm-hmm. well, now, now uh, did you tour uh, as part of the, the Marquis, or was that after you left the Marquis? Well, I, I toured with the Marquis first. Well, now, when you started, it was, uh, you're, you were a rockabilly. Rock and roll, rockabilly. Uh, so, how... You and Jerry Lee played the same style, right? Or well, Jerry they, Lewis. <laughs> well, it's just unusual. My name was Jerry Lee, and his name was Jerry Lee. I uh-huh. was there before he ever come in. But uh-huh. when he came in, I was sitting over at the piano, you know, playing some rock and stuff. And he said, you mind if I try that out? And I said, no, man, have a seat. So he sat down, and he started playing the same style that I did. But he started singing a song, you know, and Sam come through and heard him, and he said, man, uh, you mind if I cut that on you? And he said, well, that's what I come down here for. <laughs> and, uh, so Sam started recording Jerry Lee Lewis, mm-hmm. and the next week after that happened, and he got that uh, record due, he started spinning it, you know, he got the first one. and mm-hmm. And he started playing it all. I guess maybe it was two or three weeks after that happened. But uh, all of a sudden, uh, I called and see if we had any sessions. And he said, well, we have, but uh, we got Carl Perkins coming in, but we're going to use Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh. Uh, and I said, oh, okay. 
So Jerry Lee played on Carl's song, Your True Love. And that's when he told Sam that he was not going to play any sessions with anybody except his own. And so they called me back. Right, so and, you're back in. And I went, got back <laughs> in there and uh, recorded, you know, with several different ones after that. Mm-hmm. Now, you re- uh, you recorded with uh, Roy Orbison, didn't you? Or not? Uh, I did uh, I did get to record on Roy Orbison's song that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there. Yeah. But uh, I didn't play on it. Uh, well, didn't you? Wasn't there a connection with you and Roy Orbison? Did you tour with him? Oh, I, yeah, I played shows with him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was working with Ace Cannon, uh-huh. and uh, we did a show down in Florida with Ace and and Roy Orbison. Uh huh. Now was that uh, was uh, Jack Rowell in uh, in uh, Ace Cannon's band then? That you remember? Yeah, I could, I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I can't remember who all was in in that group. I, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, he toured. He toured with him and recorded with him for a while, but it may have been later on. Uh, well, I, the, Ace was a real funny guy. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, you mean he, you mean he, uh, he, he made you laugh or he was strange? Oh, both. You know, <laughs> a little of both, I guess. But Ace, uh, he would love to uh, get in a, a battle with some other saxophone player, you know, and outplay him. And, uh-huh. and after the. We did the show with Roy Orbison that night. Uh, they somebody uh, told Ace that there was a club right down the street that had a real good saxophone player in it. Uh oh! And he said uh, he wanted me to invite you down. And Ace said, "Well, I guess I'll have to go down there and show that guy who's the best." <laughs> and, and so we did. We left uh, after the show was over and went to that club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, it was packed full, and people had been dancing, you know, and everything. And and uh, when he uh, found out Ace was there, he got, of course, called him up to the bandstand. So Ace got his horn, went up to the bandstand, and they were standing there just battling it out, you know, <laughs> one trying to outplay the other one. Uh-huh. And finally the guy walks out on the floor, walks around playing his horn. Well, Ace went out on the floor, and he walked around playing his horn. And finally Ace... Just laid down on the floor, put that saxophone between his legs, and laying back there. And the other saxophone player goes over and grabs him by the ankles and just starts pulling him around on the floor. And Ace is continuously playing, you know. Wow. And after the song ended, old Ace looked at him and said, Gotcha. <laughs> and I said, Ace, I'm not so sure that you got him. You ought to see the back of your white coat you got on <laughs> I just mopped the floor with it <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny yeah there's a lot of funny stories out there you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, so many stories I wound up writing a book about my right, life right right yeah I heard that uh, I, I brought my book so we'll trade well, I'll give you one of them. <laughs> I'd love to read it I'd okay. love to read it I'll fix you up with one of them okay okay yeah that's um I think now, as you you said, you went over to Europe, and what what was your uh, feeling about the way um, that you were received in Europe? Uh, they love Memphis music, don't they? Oh yeah, we were was received, you know, real well, and and uh, they loved that kind of music. They mm-hmm. got uh, clubs all over Europe, and the girls still wear the 
uh, skirts with the poodle dogs on it. No the, kidding. And the guys had their hair Elvis style, you know. Really? And the way we, uh-huh. way we started it, you know, when we started playing, just about everybody had that style of haircut. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, those people, they really liked that music. I think they liked it better than they did over here in the United States. Oh, yeah, yeah. Certainly better than they do in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, that, that was the thing that almost everybody I talked to, um, says that they, you know, when they leave Memphis, they, they, they have a lot more respect. And it's not that, that Memphis doesn't respect them as so much as it, as Memphis, the, we get so used to seeing them. Yeah. You know, and we just kind of take them for granted. But, uh, right. You know, that's not that's not a good thing. That's like taking your wife for granted. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's never a good thing. So but um so who else who else did you tour with? Well other than than the Sun Rhythm section, mm-hmm. uh, that was probably the last group that I toured with. Okay. And I, I Sonny goes over there quite often and of course he uh after the uh uh group that we had uh, well, of course, Marcus, the slap bass player, he died. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then, uh, Paul Burleson died. Right. And, uh, that left four of us. And we played, we traveled with four for a while. You were part of Sun and you, uh, you worked at Stacks and you also worked at American, right? Right. I recorded at American. And, uh, I got over in Europe and I had a record out. With uh, that was recorded at, at American Studio, and uh, they had uh, five hundred records made. Is all I had made. Wow! Uh-huh. <laughs> Just to sail around where I play, you know. Mm-hmm. But whenever we got over Europe, around Europe, the kids started coming up to me with that forty-five record, wanting an autograph. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Where'd y'all get this one?" And they said, "Oh, it was a big hit over here." And I think it got bootlegged. Wow. And, yeah, and so you didn't see any of that? No, I didn't, didn't, wow. didn't receive any royalties or anything from, from that, but, uh, it was a big record over there. Wow. Uh, and you never knew it. Never knew it. <laughs> but I don't know the way BMI is now. They know everything going on in right. every country, you know, and, uh, thanks to them, I've lived, uh, a good life off of the BMI money that come in mm-hmm. from the recordings and mainly the marquees last night. Right. So that's still, uh, that's you still it. make money off of it? Oh, that? yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's off of uh, uh, airplay or airplay. And sales or yeah. both? Both. Yeah. Airplay and sales. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I used to dread BMI week when I was a disc jockey. Because <laughs> uh, BMI week, you had to write down every song you played and who wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. sure that they get their their royalties on right so now when you were in italy who were you playing with then was it your band just myself oh really yeah wow yeah i got up there i started playing the jerry lee lewis song i rocked them out man (laughs) just happened we were in an area where jerry lee lewis is real big over there Mm -hmm. and when i started playing his songs i knew what i had to do then right oh yeah Played a bunch of his songs. Uh-huh. So how was your relationship with him over the years? Oh, my relationship with Jerry Lee was, was tight. I mean, he, he was so crazy about my playing and, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I took my wife one night when we walked into uh, Hernando's Hideaway. Jerry Lee Lewis was playing there. Mm-hmm. And when we walked in, he seen me coming. He just stopped playing and said, folks, there comes one of the finest piano players in the whole world. He said, Smoochie, come on up here and sit down by me and let's play one together. Wow. And I'd sit right down beside him. We'd play together. I've never seen him do that with any other piano player. I've never heard of him doing that with anybody uh, else. When I was getting my book edited, my sister edited my book, and uh-huh. and she, you know, would get on that computer and, and check on different things, and, and she found where Jerry Lee Lewis uh, had an interview up in New York, and one of the statements in there, uh, and they asked Jerry Lee, uh, who did he have that he admired that played piano and, and, and all uh, more than others, you know, mm-hmm. and the statement said Jerry Lee looked at the the uh, man and said, if I could sing like Caruso and could play this piano like Smoochie Smith, I'd have it made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's and great. So she took that quote and put it in my book. Oh, know? yeah. And uh, he he had a lot of respect for me. So where, then, did, where did the rockabilly come in? How how did you stumble on that? Well, rockabilly, uh, after uh, after this music uh, really made a big hit and everything, and the younger bands started coming in the picture, and they were doing more uh, rock, mm-hmm. and and then it got into hard rock and heavy metal, and and uh, so. We just started calling it rockabilly mm-hmm. uh, because they they took rock and roll and they were playing their style of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. But the name was was looked like it was going with that younger uh, set, and uh, so us older guys just started calling it rockabilly mm-hmm. everywhere we played. We advertised rockabilly. Right. Well, so now when you started at at Sun. Um, Elvis had already come and gone, right? Oh, or, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. but Carl Perkins was still there. Yeah, Carl was still there. Uh, Elvis, uh, he may have still been there, but I, I never did catch right. a time when he was recording. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I opened my club, I got a big picture of Elvis that he autographed and sent to me and said, mm-hmm. good luck with your new Club, right, know. and that's uh, what. What did you call that? Uh, that was when I, I had uh, Smoochie's Show Bar. Uh huh. And that was in 1964. Right. And uh, needless to say, I put the picture, hung it in the hall entrance mm-hmm. hall where people could see it when mm-hmm. they come in and out. Well, somebody took it. I lost that picture. But uh, uh, between you and I, uh-huh. uh huh, Bert Madison and Madison Cadillac. Right. And of course, he'd sold Elvis a lot of cars, and they were good friends. Well, I had, uh, this was in 1972, I had uh, Smoochie's Steakhouse and Lounge, mm-hmm. which is, now it's called Stage Stop. Right, I sold right. it, and they called it Stage Stop. But when it was Smoochie's Steakhouse and Lounge, Bert Madison come down there quite often with a group of people, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they would eat a steak dinner and, and all and enjoy the music that I was playing. 
Well, one night he was down there, and I went over and spoke to them all, and shook hands with everybody, you know. And, and the next day, he called me up and said, uh, did you not see Elvis in the group? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, we dressed him up like an old man. No and kidding. And he said, Elvis was with us. He wanted to hear you play, and that's the only way we could take him, you know, people off. I said, why didn't you tell me he was coming? He said, just what I just told you. He did not want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. But he was there, and he saw you, and he wanted me to tell you you did a great job. <laughs> wow, wow. So so he would he would dress up to go out. He he didn't just – I know he used to rent the Memphian Theater. Yeah. In, or uh, the fairgrounds. Yeah. Uh, at night, just for him and his entourage. But, yeah. But so he used to uh, go out in disguise, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. at least he was an old man and not an old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he invited me to a New Year's Eve party when he – uh, rented the uh, Manhattan Club, mm-hmm. and he was going to have a big party there. Well, word got out that he was coming there, and, and there was more people on the outside, and they were packed on the inside, but they still were people trying to get in on the mm-hmm. outside. And I was standing out there, and he drives up in his limousine, you know, rolled the window down and said, you folks have a great time. <laughs> and I took off. Yeah. And... uh Everything wow. was on Elvis. So, did you ever do uh, any sessions with uh, with Elvis at all? No. Okay. No, I never did. Yeah. Now, did you? Now, when you were at um, American, was uh, Reggie Young there yeah. at that time? Yeah. Uh, are you are you still I in touch with some, Reggie? Yeah, I, I played some with Reggie Young back in those days, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a good friend of mine. You know, oh, he is. Fine guitarist. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling oh, you, he's. He is, uh, he's something, and it's amazing, uh, like you, you know, a lot of people don't really realize how many songs that he's played on, how many, you know, I mean, B.J. Thomas and Elvis. A lot more songs than I ever played on. I'm talking to you, I'm doing an interview with him tomorrow. Tell him Smoochie said hello. I sure will. (laughs) When Elvis was coming up, and and he hung around, uh, he lived um, at uh, Lauderdale Courts, where the Burnett brothers lived, Dorsey and and, uh, Johnny. Yeah. Um, and I guess he was a couple of years younger than they were. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you ever play on uh, KWIM back in, in yeah. the old days? Did you really? Yeah. Because it's, it had some, some great history. Yeah. Johnny Cash played there. Uh, Elvis played there before he fi- signed with Sun yeah. and, uh, Bill Black, Scotty Moore all yeah. played there. That was uh, a legendary radio station. Oh, yeah. And when I played there, uh, Eddie Bomb was running KWAM. Uh, oh, okay. That's when you, that's, when you that's played there? That's when I played a few shows there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, after they changed the E to A, uh, because <laughs> it was KWAM, uh, when the blues are, you know, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson used to play there and, um, Howlin' Wolf. Yeah. Uh, they used to have little 15 minute radio shows there yeah so uh and that's uh and that's when packy axton went over to west memphis and and heard the horns and everything and that's i yeah. uh, talked his mother into uh into recording some of those artists over there but yeah and sam i guess uh sam the, the first things he recorded uh were were black artists like um yeah that was bb bo- king before i got there yeah i bet yeah, it was just before I got there, and, and uh, then he started getting into this rock and roll stuff. Mm-hmm. So how did how did you um, how did you know about Sun? Well, uh, Carl Perkins, <clears throat> I was playing for him mm-hmm. at at a club in Jackson, Tennessee. Whoa! Okay. And, uh, 
he was fixing to cut a record called Blue Suede Shoes. Uh-huh. And uh, my father had recently got killed in a car wreck, and I was in the wreck with him, and it was a, a horrible thing. Uh-huh. That, uh, diesel truck hit us and Whoa. pushed us back 500 feet down a 15-foot embankment and rolled over on top of us. Man. And it killed my dad instantly, and and uh, they it took it took them about four hours and a half to get me out from under that wreckage. Wow! But uh, Carl hired me to play piano for him. Uh, oh, I guess maybe a year after that happened. Uh-huh. And, uh And then when he asked mother about letting me go with him to Memphis to cut the record Blue Suede Shoes. She wouldn't let me go because I was only 15 years old. Uh-huh. And she said, no, said, uh, I, I'm afraid he's too young to be out on the highway, you know. And I didn't get to go with Carl right. to cut that record. But uh, the record came out and made such a big hit. The next thing you know, Carl was riding around in that Cadillac. <laughs> and Mom said, next time somebody wants you to go, she said, I'll let you go cut the record. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long after that that Kenneth Parchman, he was a rock and roll singer, but not as well known as some of the others. But mm-hmm. He wanted to try his luck at Sun. And so we went to Sun Studio, and that was my first trip there. And, mm-hmm. and we recorded two songs. And, was, you know, a record only has two sides. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we recorded the two songs that he wanted to do. Mm hmm. And uh, Sam was so busy with uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and and uh, Carl and Elvis and and all. He kind of laid us on the shelf there. And uh, but I never forget uh, when I met Sam and after he heard me play, he said, "Tell you what, if you ever move to Memphis, then you come down here and see me. I'll have you playing on all these records." Wow! And that's how I got started. Uh, but Kenneth got upset. Because he didn't just release his record immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. And he had a few words with Sam, and Sam tore his contract up. Whoa. And uh, so Kenneth recorded those songs at another studio and didn't get to come out on the Sun label. Mm-hmm. But uh, I moved to Memphis in 57. Uh-huh. Now, that was in 54 and 55. Right. And I moved here in 57, but I was driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, playing some shows here and all. And well, how many? Uh, but are there any records that you recorded that were hits? The only big hit that I had was Stack's uh, record recording of Last Night. Okay. Okay. Now, as far as the people uh, record that I played on, like Billy Lee Riley, I recorded on one of his songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sold a few records, and Sonny Burgess, uh, Red-Headed Woman, and, and mm-hmm. all this. Uh, they did pretty good, but Elvis and Jerry Lee, was that's who the people were hot for, you mm-hmm. know, in sales and all. And uh, they uh, seemed to lean towards them more than uh-huh. they did some of the others. And, uh, you know, it upset Billy, and it upset uh, Sonny, and... Mm-hmm. And, of course, you, I just told you what happened with Kenneth Parchman and mm-hmm. got his contract tore up. So Sam had his hands full. Right. And uh, 
Finally, he let Elvis go for $35,000, you know, and right. sold him to RCA Victor. So Sam had his hands full. Right. And uh, finally, he let Elvis go for $35,000, you know, and right. sold him to RCA Victor. Right. Well, you know, um, I worked for a radio station in Florence, Alabama, WQLT, which was owned by Sam Phillips. Yeah. I was 24 years old, 23 maybe. And I walked out after doing a Saturday shift. And Sam was standing out in the lobby. And it was just me and him in the, in the radio station. I, I said, how you doing, Mr. Phillips? And he goes, it's Sam. <laughs> I said, how you doing, Sam? I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. And I said, why did you sell Elvis's contract for $35,000? <laughs> and he goes, sit down. And I mean, he talked to me for about two hours Brought pictures out of the groups that used to play in the Tri-City areas, which was uh, Florence, Muscle Shoals, and Sheffield. And um, he told me, he said, you know, if, if uh, Elvis had stayed with Sun, he would have never had a million seller. And I said, how can you say that? And he said, well, in order to sell a million, you got to buy a million. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. And the songwriters that he got, he got through RCA. I would have never been able to deliver those songwriters. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, me selling that contract is why Elvis became the star that he did. And he's, so, that's probably right. Yeah. That's so, probably right. He was a good guy. I really enjoyed talking. Oh, and then he goes, uh, he goes, uh, you know, I usually charge for these interviews. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> well, considering what you pay me, we'll call it even. Yeah. And he goes, what do I pay you? <laughs> <laughs> He's that way. <laughs> he sure was. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. It's all about Memphis music, and uh, yeah. and you're a big part of it. I've been here a long time. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jerry Lee Smoochie Smith. Thank you. Make sure you're with us next time for Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History, told from the inside. I'm Mitch McCracken, and I hope to see you then. Memphis Music Interview is a Get Crackin' production.